This program is a presentation of UCTV for educational and non-commercial use only. Today I'm going to talk about um, the relationship between gender and the radical right vote. And part of the thing, one of the things I'll be looking at is differences in attitudes towards uh, immigrants, as well as looking at the structure of the labor force and um, occupational segregation between men and women, and how this might affect the vote for radical right parties. Um, just briefly want to talk about um, I also, my long-term interest in immigration politics. Um, not only have I studied radical right parties, I've also been very interested in the politics of immigration in Western Europe. And uh, in the process of studying this, these politics, of course, that led to studying the radical right parties. Um, as many of you may know, these radical right parties use immigration as one of the main issues to, in order to attract voters. And so one of the things I will talk about is the relationship between immigration as well as unemployment and the radical right vote. So as I mentioned before, the puzzle is why is there such a large gender gap? Um, if you look at uh, table one, which is in one of the handouts, um, you can see that in general there's around a 60-40 split between men and women in the radical right vote. So about 60% male, 40% female. And this is fairly consistent across the countries I've studied in detail, France, Germany, and Austria. And this is fairly consistent over time as well. The data I have in Table 1 goes from 1988 to 1995. Um, and so uh, as far as I know, I've, nobody has el else has really looked at this puzzle in any detail. And if you do know of somebody who has looked at this in more detail, I'd very, be very interested in their research. But as far as uh, I've been able to find, um, there has been very little research done on this specific question. And some of the authors that I've looked at have talked about this, as I mentioned before, kind of in just in uh, anecdotal terms um, and so on. But as I mentioned before today, I'll be looking at it in more detail. So I basically have two hypotheses, which are not exclusive, um, but actually might be linked. The first is to look at differences that perhaps men and women have different attitudes towards immigration, just in general. And so in looking at this, I will look at survey data uh, to determine if there are differences in gender, gender attitudes towards immigrants. And then the other factor is perhaps the differences in the structure of the male and female labor force may lead them to have uh, different reasons for wanting to vote for these radical right parties. Um, first of all, I want to talk about general radical right attitudes towards immigration. And if you look at Table 2, this actually is from, mostly from um, Betz's 1994 book. And this uh, discusses, or actually it's basically answers to survey questions related to immigrants. So for example, in Germany in 1989, uh, the question was asked, uh, can foreigners' way of life enrich our way of life? And sorry, the table's a little off, but uh, if you look, the Green, green Party member or Green Party voters uh, tend to strongly agree with that statement, whereas Republicaner voters tend to strongly disagree. Uh, around 38% strongly disagree, Republicaner voters zero strongly agree. 
And under the Greens, you have about 39% who strongly agree and only 3% strongly disagree. So in general, if you look down the page on the different questions relating to immigrants, um, you can see that uh, basically uh, voters for radical right parties tend to have stronger anti-immigrant positions than particularly compared to Green Party voters, but uh, also compared to all voters in general. So, for example, for the Freedom Party, um, they, those opposed to giving foreigners to the right, the right to vote um, is, uh, or sorry, the, uh, yes, the, the, the Greens are more opposed to not giving foreigners the right to vote than Freedom Party members. And also, immigrants should have the same right. In Belgium, immigrants should have the same rights as Belgians. 67% of basically Green Party voters agree, whereas 93% of, of Lam's bloc, which is the Flemish bloc, or the radical right party in Belgium, disagree with that statement. So um, basically what I want to show with this table is that you do find that uh, voters for radical right parties do have, tend to have much stronger anti-immigrant positions than all voters as well as all Green Party voters. So one of the things that I thought about in, when looking at this is, well, perhaps um, then since all radical right party voters tend to have these stronger sentiments, perhaps the fact that more men vote for these parties than women might show that uh, women actually have less of an anti-immigrant sentiment than men. Um, and so, uh, first I started off by looking at women and immigration. Um, and just to kind of look at the background of women and perhaps getting some understanding of the, the background of their attitudes towards immigration. And one of the factors of that is that, you know, immigration has generally been characterized as being a very male uh, activity. Um, women tend to come as part of family reunification rather than kind of in the initial waves of immigration. But even in the way that immigration is characterized tends to be more male-dominated. And so... Um, although women do tend to, uh, lots of studies have shown that women do migrate and do are part of the migration process, kind of in the popular media and, and I think in people's minds in general, um, immigration is much, a much more male-dominated activity, and so women may not have the same orientation as men do towards the whole immigration process. Um, the next thing I wanted to look at, which is something I've studied in more detail in my uh, research is the relationship between uh, immigration, unemployment, and the radical right vote. And this is important partially for understanding attitudes, but also for understanding uh, perhaps differences in uh, the labor sectors and why do you get certain sectors voting for the radical right and others that don't. And so um, one of the factors here is that the, the leaders of, the, of each of the parties that I've studied uh, Le Pen in uh, France and the National Front in Austria with Haider and the Republikaner in, in Germany with their former leader Schönhuber all have uh, tied immigration to unemployment in some way. So, for example, the, often you'll hear the statement that we have 400,000 unemployed in Austria mm -hmm. and 400,000 uh, immigrants, basically with the idea that if we got rid of all the uh, immigrants, then there would be enough work for all the uh, citizens who are out of work. Um, and I've also done some uh, analysis of this 
trying to determine if the presence of immigrants or large numbers of immigrants as well as unemployment um, does lead to a stronger vote for the radical right in different regions in these countries. Um, and the results of this analysis showed basically that um, in, at least in France and Austria where you did have strong or high levels of the radical right vote, you did see a relationship between unemployment, immigration, and the radical right vote. So for example, in regions where there are high numbers of immigrants and high number of uh, unemployed, you tended to see a higher vote for the radical right than in regions where there were less. And so that's also fairly good evidence that there is some relationship between basically the presence of immigrants and unemployment and the vote for radical right parties. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is the social structure of the vote for radical right parties. And this has been one of the issues that um, has been important in the literature on radical right parties. Um, authors such as, as Kitchell have looked at the radical right electorate as an important factor in understanding the kind of the nature of the parties. So for example, Kitchell, uh, well first of all, one of the kind of more general arguments about who votes for the radical right is that that's the kind of modernization losers, those people who are losing out in the process of modernization or globalization. So basically the people who are voting for radical right parties are those such as people as uh, blue collar or unskilled workers, um, people who are in industries that are you know, closing down because of the uh, um, process of globalization, uh, industries that are having more, a more difficult time competing uh, in the globalizing economy. Um, and so, uh, for example, Kitchell uh, has found actually in his studies that there are uh, certain, you, know, you tend to get more blue-collar voters um, voting for parties like the National Front in France, whereas in Austria he finds that you tend to get more white-collar and uh, self-employed, et cetera, types of voters. But in my own analysis, um, I looked at national-level survey data. And one of the problems with some of the previous studies that have used survey data, they tend to use um, surveys such as Eurobarometer and the World Values Survey that have very few numbers of radical right voters in them. So for example, in Kitchell's analysis, I think there were less than 30 uh, Republicaner voters in his study. Um, and so it's kind of difficult to get firm numbers uh, or, or firm analysis when you're dealing with a such a small number of voters. So in my own analysis, I chose to look at uh, basically national election studies. And for example, in France, they tend to oversample for national front voters in their election studies so that you do get a reasonable sample to work with. And so in table four, um, I've laid out the different social groups that vote for radical right parties. And um, both in the early, well, mid-80s, which is when these radical right parties were getting started, as well as in more recent elections. Um, I don't have the latest election information on the Freedom Party, but it's fairly similar. Um, and this is actually the percentage of each social group. So for example, 28% of men in Austria voted for the Freedom Party, whereas only 17% of women did. And then the same for each of the others. Um, and so for example, we can see that the Freedom Party in Austria is getting 29% of the blue-collar vote. And then in the most recent election, that increased to somewhere around 45% of the blue-collar vote. Um, and then in France, where the 
National Front doesn't get as high a percentage of the vote. They're only getting 8% of the blue-collar vote. But if you compare that as well as 9% uh, of the self-employed. So when you look at, in general, kind of across um, the different countries, uh, although the numbers aren't the same, the kind of the uh, differences compared to the other social groups are very similar. So um, the highest percentages for both the Freedom Party, uh, the National Front, and the Republicana are with the uh, self-employed and blue-collar workers, although the Republicana are getting a fairly high percentage of farmers relative to the rest of the professions. Um, also, you see that uh, they tend to get the people who have a, you know, not necessarily university or higher education. Um, primary and secondary education, they're much higher percentages than of the uh, higher educated. So overall, um, you can kind of uh, generalize that the radical right parties are attracting the you know, blue-collar and self-employed uh, young and male. Um, they tend to get a higher percentage of those in the uh, uh, age 40 or less uh, age groups. So really, um, it uh, was quite striking to me when you look at the national level election surveys that the electorates of these parties are very similar, similar despite the fact that they have very different levels of success. So, and um, even in the most recent election in Austria, where the Freedom Party did very well, there was still a 60-40 split between males and females. You still, they're still getting very high percentage of self-employed and blue-collar workers. They're still getting a very high percentage of uh, younger uh, voters. And so um, I think that this is, you know, arguing to a certain extent that they're very, making very similar appeals. They're, they're appealing to a group of voters who um, are probably these modernization losers. And so one of the questions that this raises is, well, are men more likely to be modernization losers than women? Uh, the next thing I want to talk about then is um, kind of women voters in general um, to get a basic understanding of how women vote in Europe. And um, one of the things I looked at was this issue of the gender gap in Europe. And that's actually been an issue since the 50s when Duverger came out with a study of women voters and found that women tended to vote more for conservative parties than they do for social democratic parties. Um, that started to change, um, and actually more recent studies show that there's actually a, it's a bit more complex relationship. In some countries, women still do vote more for conservative parties. In other countries, actually, um, women vote more for social democratic parties. But part of that, uh, one of the findings that I believe was Pippa Norris found, is that there's kind of a gender as well as a generation gap. So younger women tend to vote more for social democratic parties, while older women tend to vote more for conservative parties. And one of the things that was interesting when I was looking at this issue is there are not a whole lot of studies of women's voting behavior in Europe. And this is one of the areas I'm still exploring to find out if there's more information on that. For example, it was a bit difficult, although people talk a lot about you know, why women should vote for social democratic parties because of kind of the more women's issues. I haven't found any studies as of yet that really talk in, in some analytical detail about, you know, what are these women's issues and, um, you know, are these really kind of the, the motivating factors in these votes? And I'll get back to that when I get to the end of this. <clears throat> 
So uh, basically, um, we find, although basically the differences in the uh, vote for between women and men is is pretty much on the decline in most countries in Europe. But you still, in some countries, find a bit of a gender gap for more for conservative parties, and in other countries more for social democratic parties. And then, of course, there's this gender generation gap going on. Um, so knowing that women tend to vote, um, in the, at least in the past, voted more conservatively, but the vote between men and women really isn't, there isn't a huge gap. It was surprising to see that, you know, there is such a, basically with the radical right parties, this is probably the biggest gap gender gap that exists. Um, there isn't the same kind of gap with green parties or, you know, certainly not the conservative or social democratic parties. Um, and liberal parties, certainly there's not as much of a gender gap. So this, this is really a huge gap to exist in for the radical right vote. And, um, you know, it's not that these radical right parties are actively trying to avoid having women voters. On, on the contrary, um, radical right parties have uh, also try to attract women. Often uh, some of the leaders of the parties are uh, women. For example, in Austria, the current party leader is now a woman. Um, the second-in-command, she was second-in-command for many years, um, and the previous second-in-command of the party was also a woman. Um, they do try to uh, address issues which may be of importance to women, like ed education and crime. Uh, certainly, we uh, We'll see with the uh, attitudes on immigration, women, um, you know, immigration is not an unimportant issue for women. And so there's a lot of questions that are raised um, in this gender gap which exists. So um, the first thing I looked at were attitudes towards immigration to determine if you can find major differences between men and women on their attitudes. And if we look at Table 5, Basically, I, I took, because of the, there's not a whole lot of data, survey data out there, I used the Eurobarometer surveys because of, they actually do survey people in a lot of different countries, and um, it's accessible. Um, and in the future, I'm hoping to be able to use more in-depth survey data, but for now, this was my, basically my first try at this. And um, looking at the different male and female attitudes. The, the one question I mainly focused on was, you know, generally speaking, how do you feel about the number of people of another nationality living in our country? Are there too many? A lot, but not too many or not many. And if you look at, on, at Table 5, in 1988, in the overall survey, the difference between males and females was pretty small. And actually, um, to a certain extent, you find that women had uh, much stronger, or not much stronger, but slightly stronger attitude toward there being too many than men did. Um, I broke this down also by country, uh, by working, and also uh, on the table I also put it by who, uh, respondents who are not working uh, versus working. Um, tried to cut it several different ways, but basically, no matter how I cut it, um, there was very little difference between men and women on, in these attitudes. And so, um, I had to basically conclude from this that there aren't really any major differences between men and women in their attitudes towards immigrants, which was an interesting finding in and of itself. Um, and uh, also makes me wonder, perhaps, if, you know, despite the fact that we've seen that, you know, immigration, anti-immigrant uh, attitudes are somewhat stronger in those who vote for the radical right, 
it makes me wonder, well, to what extent really does that play an important factor in the radical right vote? Um, I have seen other studies which, well, actually in the most recent uh, election in Austria for the Freedom Party, actually immigration was about fourth in the, in terms of issues that people pointed to as being their motivation for voting for the Freedom Party. One of the first uh, motivations was the corruption in the um, government and you know, the Freedom Party being different, and, and actually, for those of you who are interested, the Jörg Haider was way down on the list, about sixth or seventh, in terms of being a motivating factor for people voting for the Freedom Party in Austria. Um, so that raises a question, you know, to really to what extent is immigration that important an issue in terms of people voting for radical right parties? Um, and despite the fact that radical right voters tend to be more anti-immigrant, so that raises a puzzle that I'm hoping to explore in more detail in further research. The next thing I want to look at was the issue of the occupational segregation of men and women. And one of the things that motivated this part of the research was an Economist article back in 1996, which discussed the problem with men, um, arguing that men tend to be uh, in the types of industries that, as I mentioned before, that are kind of the uh, in decline in the process of globalization and so on, particularly in Europe, and that women are actually better placed now to take advantage of the new global economy. They're in the service sectors and, and in clerical and administrative jobs that are actually uh, the areas that are growing now versus um, a lot of the blue-collar industries, which are in decline. Also, men tend not to want to take you know, on women's work, um, and that leads to this whole issue of occupational segregation. Um, and I think this occupational segregation might be an important factor in the vote for the radical right. As I noted before, they tend to be able to attract more voters out of the blue-collar sector and the self-employed. Um, women tend to be... Uh, either stay-at-home uh, moms or they tend to work in the service sector or, you know, there's a, a really high level of occupational segregation um, in most European countries. And if we look at Table 6, I've uh, put out the women's share of employment uh, by major industrial sector in several countries in Europe. And, if, of course, um, if we look at agriculture, women tend to make up somewhere between a quarter and a third of the agricultural sector, only between around uh, a quarter of those working in industry, but in services, women are somewhere between 40 and 50 percent of the service sector. And I think that's an important uh, factor. Um, basically, women uh, tend to be less prevalent in industry, which is the sector of the economy in Europe, which is much more in decline and much more in services, which is a sector of the economy which is growing. And this is discussed in more detail in a Rubery and Fagan study, um, which looks at occupational segregation, um, as well as in this Economist article I mentioned before, um, which argues that because women are in the service sector, as well as the fact that women tend to be um, better educated, they're more likely to graduate from university, and so on, um, basically makes them probably less likely to be these modernization losers than men are. So um, I haven't yet been able to determine, 
you know, how to connect this as a causal factor um, in terms of the radical right vote. So uh, there I have certainly have some ideas about this. Um, and part of it does relate to the whole immigration question. Um, perhaps, you know, women, are, the immigration issue, although they are, may just be as anti-immigrant as men, this may not be as high an issue in their voting preferences because immigration just doesn't play as much of a role in the women who work and the, the whole issue of the labor force. So if women are, you know, in these industries that are being less affected by unemployment, as well as, you know, it's probably less likely to find immigrants in some of these service sectors, you know, things like clerical and administrative jobs, uh, financial services, and so on, um, then it's very likely that women, you know, the issue of immigrants is just not as important um, an issue. You know, they, they don't necessarily uh, see immigrants as being in direct competition with them. And whereas men, are probably more likely to consider, especially those who have less education and are in the blue-collar sector, may see immigrants more in direct competition with them. And so this is, um, you know, my, my, I think this hypothesis has much more value than the issue of attitudes towards immigration. Clearly women have, you know, from at least this initial data analysis I've done, clearly women have similar attitudes towards men to, as far as the, just the whole issue of immigration and the number of immigrants in their country goes. However, the fact that women are less likely to be in the sectors that the radical right is able to attract voters from um, probably makes them less likely to vote for these radical right parties. So um, one of the, th I, I have a, you know, future research agenda for this project, which um, I plan to examine in more depth, uh, exit polls to look at this issue not in just in relation to gender, but also to get back at this issue that Pippa Norris talks about, which is the kind of the gender, generation and age, generation and gender gap. Um, so we know from the uh, data I showed previously that uh, the radical right also tends to attract uh, younger voters more than older, vo older voters. And so there may be kind of an interaction effect going on with uh, younger males. Um, and issues such as education, as well as uh, the decline of blue-collar jobs. And also to try and examine in more detail the issues that are important to women voters, as well as all voters. So if there's some way to compare, you know, what is the basis of the woman's vote versus the male vote, and try to get at some of the issues that are motivating men to vote in higher numbers for the radical right than women. And so... Um, and actually, one thing I'll add is that uh, I did look at the issue of post-materialism. Um, those of you who've looked at the Eurobarometer studies before know that um, they keep track of a post-materialism index. And another thing that was interesting is that those who were, although men and women were similar as far as their being post-material or not, not post-material or mixed, those who were post-materialists tended to be less anti-immigrant than those who were uh, materialist. And so that's another interesting factor that I will probably be exploring in more detail as well, as well as the age and uh, gender issues. So um, I'm hoping to be able to kind of develop a more multivariate approach to this issue, um, looking at age, looking at this post-materialism issue, uh, issue, as well as the gender issue. And you know, I think overall this will help us to understand uh, much better 
you know, what are the kind of the motivating factors in the radical right vote? Um, I think it's important to talk about, you know, kind of this issue of the protest vote that's come up um, in a lot of studies, um, whether or not, uh, you know, especially when you look at the vote in Austria, the fact that, you know, corruption was an important factor in the vote um, is interesting despite the fact that, you know, we would expect similar attitudes towards that in men and women, but we still see a much higher vote, male vote for the Freedom Party in Austria than we do for women. And so that's uh, some of the directions I'll be going with this research, and um, I'll be happy to take some questions now.